character builds. Everyone has them or wants them. We decided to do something unique where we added rules imposed on a character. Our goal is to provide fun builds, which may or may not be novel, uh, to fill an adventuring party niche. We call the segment Twisted Builds. Welcome to Dueling GMs. I'm Joseph. And I'm Anthony. This is a show for GMs and players. One about designs and details. Build a better role-playing community. Uh, let's get into the general character building rules uh, and then talk about our character. Great. So we set up a list of 10 rules and we're going to always abide by them. Rule number one, establish a theme, declare a concept and impose a twist. Rule number two, all characters are level 10 using point by. Rule number three, all races and classes are acceptable without explanation. Rule number four, uh, all Tasha's optional rules can be used. Rule number five, no homebrew unless it's semi-official on D&D Beyond. Rule number six, multi-classing is allowed, but must follow requirements for ability scores. Rule number seven, no magic items unless the class somehow grants them. Any mundane items are allowed. Rule number eight, all subclasses can only ever be used up to a total of 10 levels. We want to showcase different builds this way. Rule number nine, established settings will be within the world we've been creating in our other workshops. We'll continue adding things to the world in future episodes. And rule number 10, these builds are purely for fun and quirky concepts. They may be somewhat optimized, but no guarantees. All right, so on today's Twisted Builds, what did we decide on? Theme-wise? We wanted to go with a combat-oriented. We've done some exploration. We've done some social. We wanted to go with combat-oriented marksmen. Okay, and for those listening and maybe they're they're kind of new to this uh, podcast what what is the combat marksman so combat obviously is is one of the three uh pillars that the D and most other uh role-playing games uh set up uh, it's the one that we uh assume you know for, that's the one that we lean into the most uh so social obviously would be ones that you know high charisma uh persuasion that type of thing and more encounters related to interacting with people uh in a not necessarily antagonistic way exploration uh, uh obviously kind of as it sounds is uh how you're interacting with the environment i guess uh, without again being antagonistic about it but finding new locations getting from point a to point b that's exploration uh, those are the legs that are lesser used. Combat is mostly when people are doing builds like we're doing. Combat is usually what they build for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then marksmen um, using, again, uh, the the concepts from uh, the monsters know what they're doing. Uh, he defines the, the marksman as a physical damage dealing ranged build. Uh, so typically high dexterity. And uh, usually, uh, unless you are a stealth related character, usually you want to go with a decent amount of constitution and a decent amount of armor as well. Uh, So we'll see whether that plays out. But primarily the idea of being a ranged fighter 
uh, doing physical damage. If you're ranged and you're doing magic damage, that would put you technically in the spell slinger category instead. Uh, so yeah, combat marksman, what was your base idea before we twisted it? So, uh, I think I was, well, we kind of, you were kind of up in the air yeah. a little bit, right? So I think I ended up giving you the, I almost gave you a twist first yeah. was the, the challenge of, can you do a combat marksman doing physical damage as a primary spellcaster class? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I think the, the chicken came after or before the egg this time around. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you had the challenge laid yeah, down. So, uh, with the spellcaster class as my twist, uh, I went with a, uh, warlock fighter mix. Okay. So I, I was trying to get back at you for the uh, the warlock with no eldritch blast from before. So, um, but yeah, I'm interested a, a warlock with a couple of levels of fighter to hit the marksman. Okay, uh, all right, lay it on me. What'd you end up landing on? So I went uh, eight levels of the great old one warlock and two levels of fighter. Uh, I went with the tiefling race and the criminal spy background, but I did make uh, custom um, skills for that one. Okay. The uh, ability spread, I got a minus one in strength, uh, plus four in dexterity, plus two in con, so fits that marksman uh, pretty well there. Uh, minus one intelligence, plus one in wisdom, and only a plus two for charisma. Okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah. With that with a number of levels in in uh Warlock, but only a plus two in charisma. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh so um as far as kind of the main build here, uh the Pact of the Blade uh uh Pact uh is essentially the, the focus on on this build. Um, I went with a heavy crossbow as kind of the main uh, weapon of choice. Um, I went with the great old one. Uh, I, I guess I kind of had the idea of with a uh, marksman, I was thinking more like a sniper, right? And um, and with that, uh, I thought it'd be fun to just have, you know, short range. Uh, you're scouting, you know, you, you got you know, an enemy in your crosshair and you're just letting your, uh, you know, letting your party member who's kind of sitting maybe back a little bit, you know, down lower and just, you know, without blowing your cover, kind of scoping out the place and uh, taking shots accordingly. Okay. So with you so far. Yeah. So with, uh, with that, uh, you know, had, I had the telepathy, um, which is kind of, Again, the more more basic thing there in the uh, Entropic Ward, uh, where once per short rest, when a creature makes an attack roll against you, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage, and if it misses, the next attack roll has advantage against. Or, uh, the, I'm sorry, let me. Uh, if it misses, your next attack roll against the creature has advantage if you make it before the end of your next turn. So I thought, hey, that's a nice extra bonus if you know they're far away. Uh, and they miss, you know, you got something there to, to work with. Yeah. So for, for a ranged character, if somebody's kind of slipping up on, on you, 
at, at melee gives you a little bit of extra defensive capabilities you wouldn't otherwise have. Exactly, yeah. And if they're far away, then you kind of almost return the favor uh, twofold. Uh, right. So that was kind of the, the thought there. Um, but again, the focus on this build was the um, Pact of the Blade. Uh, so some of the invocations, I went with uh, Devil Sight uh, to see in magical and normal darkness up to 120 feet. Uh, Eldritch Smite, which is kind of similar to the uh, Paladin Smites, um, but it also knocks targets over uh, in terms of prone. Uh, but you can basically use spell slots to deal extra force damage uh, per per level. Uh, the improved packed weapon, which is a plus one on attack and damage that can be applied to crossbows. Thirsting blade, which allows you to, uh, attack twice, uh, with your packed weapon. Yep. Uh, the, I guess the concept name that I gave this was an Eldritch Ballista. Uh, so the smites are kind of the bread and butter, uh, though it's only, you know, two, the, Smite damage is fairly high with a eighth level warlock there, so useful. Um, sure. What what does that actually come out to be? So uh, for this, it's an extra one d eight force damage, and then plus another one d eight per spell slot level. Uh, for this eighth level warlock, you're looking at um, I think it's third uh, spell slots. Um, so that's an extra 48 on top of your regular damage. Okay. Um, so useful there. Um, and in terms of, um, the fighter, uh, I went with, uh, the archery fighting style there. Uh, and then the, um, action surge, which lets you take another, uh, action on your turn. So super useful at times. Um, I went with the Tiefling uh, race uh, because you get uh, the Infernal Legacy, which uh, at fifth level you can cast Darkness once per long rest. All right. And then the feats I went with Sharpshooter and Crossbow Expert. Uh, So kind of putting some of those ones together. Uh, the concept was if you cast darkness on yourself, uh, all your attacks are at advantage and disadvantage coming in. Uh, so that's a nice boom once per long rest there. Uh, sure. Uh, with the devil sight, you can see out. So, you know, that kind of pairs with that. So no issues there. That's how you get that advantage. Um, and then with the sharpshooter, uh, anything long range doesn't pose disadvantage. Uh, you ignore half cover and three quarters cover, uh, and you can choose to take a minus five penalty to add a plus 10. Uh, mathematically, I think advantage kind of equates to a plus five. Uh, so while in darkness, you can tack sharpshooter on and get you a plus 10. Um, so that's, that's all nice there. And I went with the crossbow expert, uh, Though it's not being used for an extra bonus action attack, but you can ignore the loading property on crossbows. Um, right. So, and being within five feet of a hostile creature doesn't impose disadvantage. So, kind of talking about that one defensive ability of 
you know, imposing uh, disadvantage on them if they're close, you know, melee. Uh, this is a chance to kind of shoot them back and then and then get out of there. Um, so you can be the marksman up close, but it's not preferred. Uh, it's just you know an extra nice buff there, I suppose. And then you know with that combined with the uh, thirsting uh, blade to attack twice, uh, that's two attacks per per action uh and then action surge on top of that and then you can use eldritch smite once per once per turn kind of kind of beefy in that sense um you know after a couple shots though you're kind of spent uh spell slot wise uh, in terms of a short rest but hopefully you're not doing too many combats within a short rest but uh you still have you know with um with a heavy crossbow uh with the archery uh, I think I have it as a plus 10. Uh, so it's 1d10 plus 4 piercing as well. And that doesn't include the uh, this, the Eldritch Smite damage as well. Um, okay. So, you know, it looked like a pretty good thing there. Um, and uh, you, you said you didn't take the um, crossbow expert for the bonus action attack. Did you have something else you were doing for your bonus action instead? Um, so for my bonus action, um, I don't think I had much in terms of my bonus action with this one. It was mostly, um, yeah, this one, I didn't have much planned for my, uh, bonus action because, uh, you know, that's a two handed weapon. Uh, I was kind of maxing out the, uh, potential of, you know, hitting, maybe critting, but that sharpshooter just gave me the plus 10 there. Uh, that was kind of the focus just on the main hits and then the uh, Eldritch Smites on top of that. Uh, so bonus action wise, uh, I didn't have anything that really held up for that. Okay. Yeah. The other nice thing with Crossbow Expert is if somebody were to sneak up on you at uh, melee, yeah, yeah. you don't have to figure out how do I disengage from them uh, because that uh, you don't have disadvantage on your range attacks. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those at melee so it's, it's nice. not preferred but you know in a pinch you got that so uh, so i mean c- coupled with the with the great old one ability you have you could attack at melee with somebody with your ranged weapon that just attacked you and do it with advantage after yeah all. yep because it doesn't because they wouldn't yeah they wouldn't counteract ward yep it's exactly right. nice uh, uh nothing like shooting somebody point blank with a heavy crossbow right uh the other things um that i had spell wise again if need be it was uh some um that i didn't go eldritch blast because you know why bother as a warlock right no i'm just kidding um but (laughs) you know i went with you know some of the more utility ones with mage ham minor illusion uh prestigitation uh i went with um uh mirror image and then sending for third level and thunderstep just in case I have to get out of there. Uh, again, sure. my charisma's not high, so anything that requires a, a check or I'm sorry, a save um, is not going to be great. Uh, that's not the point of this build. It was mostly to use the Eldritch Smites to do the extra damage there. Makes sense. Um, and yeah, Eldritch Smite doesn't apply any sort of charisma bonus anyway. Yeah, so. that's 
that makes sense. And I don't know. Maybe I just didn't uh, fill in any fourth level spells, but with an eighth level warlock, I should have up to fourth level spell slots, I, I think. Um, but my character sheet isn't isn't showing that, so uh, that might be an extra one d eight force damage for the other smites. Again, that's kind of the focus is just using this the smites, uh, right? So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of kind of it. Um, fairly simple, no bonus actions. Unfortunately, I, I could have maybe optimized that a bit more, um, but my focus was just you know, uh, I I kind of just pictured this in my head like, uh, you know, I'm holding my crossbow and then you know once per round, uh, it sort of just envelops darkness with eldritch you know size and almost turns into like a a floor mounted ballista. That just sort of go off, right, you know, right, like, like where did that come from? And then after after two, you know, need that short rest. But uh, you know, until then, you know, I thought the other things would be a nice, nice boost as well. So nice. Yeah. So what? Um, you should have four four invocations. What invocations did you end up taking? Uh, I went with the Devil Sight as one Eldritch Spite. Okay. Yeah, uh, improved packed weapon. That's right. Thirsting blade. Got it. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes when you're dipping into the uh, pack to the blade and the hex blade, you, you almost take for granted the thirsting blade and the improved packed weapon. Um, but those are kind of vital to those builds a lot of times. So, yeah. okay. That makes sense. That's why I was forgetting. Oh, yeah. Them. With the crossbow, with the loading property, um, I kind of that was you know that was the main reason I went with the crossbow expert um, to ignore that and then the ability to attack twice them uh, with right. thirsting blades. So if I didn't have those, it's kind of a you know regardless of how many attack actions I have, it's just going to be once. Uh, this sort of made sure I could uh, you know attack twice and hopefully one of those is with a nice smite. So sure, yeah. Makes sense. Um, I think that's it. So yeah, the again that the tiefling darkness doesn't require one of my spell slots, which is nice. Um, that's once per long rest. Um, so that helps there. Um, and so I could try to save those spells when I when I need to in combat. So again, if this is a marksman, I wasn't trying to even build out many spells at all like okay maybe a couple utility ones but uh i don't want that to even be the focus so i don't even think i filled them all in like available right slots. i'm like <laughs> i'm using this for extra damage uh kind of like a smite based paladin um but it's going to be at range so yeah that's i yeah. think that's pretty much cool. it so let's uh let's jump over to you good sir well, I, I decided to go, I think this is one that, that I said, I'm going to just tackle a bunch of classes and I didn't really, well, I wasn't super specific. I just said, I'm going to do like three, three classes. I'm going to figure out how to make three classes work. And so then you said, okay, well dump your charisma. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think cause I was also feeling that need to dump my charisma. <laughs> right. So so yeah, that was that was my twist, which wasn't necessarily a, a terrible option the way it ended up building it, and I very much dumped it. So 
the build I came up with, I am calling the Bloody Artillerist. Uh, so uh, strength plus zero, dex plus four, con plus one, intelligence plus three, wisdom plus zero, and a charisma of a minus one. When the stats ended up coming out decently because the one ability score increase that I took, um, I did dex twice for that. I also did the mark of making human for a number of different just fun racial features, uh, proficiency with a, a, an additional type of artisan's tool, the spell smith, which teaches you the mending cantrip and magic weapon, which is a second level spell, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Uh, you, you get that basically when you start the character. Um, and then um, you also get access to a couple of different additional uh, spells based on being market making. Uh, so a first level identify tensor floating disc, that type of thing. And uh, I won't go any further on the list because I didn't go any further up in my spell casting, uh, which you'll see here in a second. And that's probably the first thought is, wait, spellcaster. I thought this was a combat uh-huh. marksman. So here's the build. Five levels of blood hunter, three levels of artificer, two levels of fighter. Quite the range. So I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of everything there. Uh, So I also took the heavy crossbow and I also managed to bypass the loading feature because with the artificer, um, that was one of the infusions Mm -hmm. that I went with was the repeating shot. So not only is that a you can ignore the loading property, but it's also a plus one magic weapon, which is nice because that violates our our rule of no you know magic items. But with, that was kind of our one thing. If you do an artificer, they can already kind of create their own magic weapon. So this is built in to the the build itself. So totally allowed and bypassing our own rules. Mm-hmm. So that's already giving a, a D10 plus five, uh, which is decent little damage. And he's attacking at a plus 11, which is also kind of nice. But you're you're thinking that's really just a base build that doesn't tell me anything about the, the classes. Um, so I'll work backwards. Fighter two is the obvious one that's going to give me um, the action surge and the um, uh, second wind. That was that was a nice little just add-on that I was able to to throw in there. Um, I think that gave me access to another um, fighting style, which I'm trying to... Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. That's what I did. I ended up taking one of the new ones from Tasha's uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything and did Superior Technique, Mm, uh which I only have access to one time per short or long rest, but I'm... uh, so D&D Beyond is weird because you can choose it, but you don't actually get to see it unless you go back into the edit. I am about 90% certain that I went with the one uh, that uh, disarmed people. Okay. Yeah, the the idea of being able to fire a heavy crossbow um, that's potentially going to do tons and tons of damage or to knock a weapon out of somebody's hand mm-hmm. and you force him to go chase it down and pick it up again. And, you know, utilize their their actions in that way, just as a, a way to kind of spite people. Um, but that's not the bread and butter. The bread and butter comes from, um, like I said, the artificer, 
and the blood hunter combination. So uh, we'll go to the fifth level, the five levels of blood hunter. Uh, the primary thing there is uh, another fighting style, which I obviously went archery at this point. So plus two bonus on my attack rolls. Um, so that's nice. A single blood curse. If you're not super familiar with the blood hunter uh, class, it's kind of a like a witch hunter uh, type of thing. Um, and the subclass that I ended up going really makes you like the witcher itself. Uh, so I, I did order the mutant blood hunter. So I have um, some mutagens that I can create. Uh, the one that I went with was the uh, I, I get a couple different formula formulas. So I took one that's called celerity that when you drink that your deck score increases by three, but you have disadvantage on wisdom saving throws. Okay. Or I can choose to go a slightly different route and do sagacity which increases your intelligence by three and you have disadvantage on charisma saves. Huh. The other two that I took, uh, one is called night eye. So uh, I already have dark vision. I think, I, oh no, I'm a human, so I don't have dark vision. So this gives me dark vision to a range of 60 feet. Useful. But then if you're on, if you're in direct sunlight while you have that mutagen in your body, then you know, you're basically kind of like the drow. And you have disadvantage and all that type of stuff. Um, and then one called Vermilion, which when you drink it, uh, you get an additional use of your blood maledict feature. But while it's in your system, uh, you have disadvantage on death saving throws. I see. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of those that um, I think at the way that it's written is every uh, short rest. Yeah, every short rest that you can decide to craft one of them, at least at the level that I that I'm at. And so I can choose from any of those four, depending on the situation. The celerity and sagacity were important because my dex is at an 18. That would boost my dex to a 20 if I went that route and give me a plus five. My intelligence is strategically at a 17. So adding plus three would also boost that to a 20 and make the intelligence go from a plus three to a plus five. Uh, so just depending on whether I needed to go more into the artificer side of things or the blood hunter side of things. But all of that is mostly just kind of icing on the cake. It's nice to raise your stats plus one and that lasts for a good amount of time. So that, you know, don't necessarily want to sniff at that. But the the really big thing that I wanted to pull in from here was the crimson right. Okay. So as as a bonus action, uh you basically uh, stab yourself or uh, cut yourself open. Uh, and uh, as you bleed, it kind of ignites the weapon into some sort of elemental uh, bonus. Um, so this is set up to be um, additional 1d6 of uh, lightning damage. Um, so now if you're keeping track, uh, every attack that I'm making with this heavy crossbow is... 1d10 plus 5 uh, piercing damage plus a d6 of lightning damage. And I'm attacking twice per action because Blood Hunter at level 5 gets an additional attack. All right, yeah. So already looking pretty good, right? Right, right. But I still have three levels of Artificer with which I went with Artillerist 
And so in addition to me having a massive elemental heavy crossbow, I can also create my own Eldritch Cannon. <laughs> nice. So uh, take an action. The thing can follow me around. It's got its own move. Uh, but I also have Tensor's Floating Disc because I thought that would be fun just to put the uh, the cannon on Tensor's Floating Disc, which automatically follows me around wherever I go. And then if the thing wants to just crawl off uh, of the, the floating disc and go chase somebody down, it can. Um, but I have a lot of flexibility with uh, with that because I can have it be the flamethrower variant and uh, it's a 15 foot fire cone. So it can it's a little bit of an AOE. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm utilizing that, uh, then my I want to maybe increase my DC. So that's where increasing intelligence might be yeah, vital yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but 2d8 fire damage. Uh, I also potentially uh, can switch it to the force ballista instead. That's 2d8 force damage and pushes people around. And that's got a range of 120 feet. So if people aren't nearby and I want to set up the long range cannon, I can do that. Or if I feel like we're potentially going to get surrounded, I can set up the protector version of the cannon. And that's going to every time that it creates a burst, then uh, you and every creature of your choice within 10 feet gets bonus temporary hit points. Okay, yeah. So I can be the healer, I can be the long range double sniper, or I can be sniping with my uh, crossbow and have the flamethrower take care of the short range people. I like that. Um, so at that point, then you have uh, that's doing 2D, uh, 2D8, I think I said, right? Yeah, 2D8 damage on top of the 1D10 plus 5 twice plus the d6 of lightning damage for each of those shots okay so yeah i mean all, all said and done what's that that's uh 2d10 plus 2d6 plus 2d8 plus 10 assuming all three shots hit right yeah so yeah not too bad uh and depending on what uh what mutagen i've drank that potentially you know the damage increases as well on different things so there wasn't a whole lot more to that one i've got well the other thing that is really nice uh first level fairy fire mm -hmm. so uh you know just maintaining concentration on that one casting that across the entire field of battle and then doing all those attacks with advantage yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good um if there you know seems to be a problem uh somewhere along the way i also have the grease spell if there's a lot of them chasing me down, obviously that's going to be problematic for me shooting things, but you know, maybe slows down their, their approach. And then like I said, tensors floating discs. The other things I took were shield, which, because again, every self-respecting <laughs> uh, spell caster that can learn shield should learn shield. Uh, the fun one I added was I, I figured a good marksman who's you know, good at hunting knows to set traps ahead of time. So I also set up snare. Okay. Yeah. So I figured if, if you have, if you can choose your battlefield, which if at all possible, you should, what's even more fun than shooting people from long range? Well, having them hanging upside down right. while you're shooting them from long range. <laughs> so they can't really do anything about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there wasn't much more to that build outside of how can I take these three classes, do a range thing 
and combine them in in a way that I've never heard of anybody doing it before, but to do massive amounts of range damage. Um, and that's sustainable. Uh, so I think our builds are very comparable. Um, you might be able to Nova a couple of times a little bit more than me, but then my sustainability on just being able to do that every single round uh, probably... Uh, you know, Trump's and longevity at least. Yeah. I mean, if it was a battle of attrition, I think you definitely have me beat. Um, but like you said, yeah, I think Nova, I think damage wise uh, with the sharpshooter and the Eldritch smite, it'd be what 2d 10 plus uh, 28, including sharpshooter there. Uh, and then plus 48, uh once per round so nice yeah so i yeah and and i thought about the sharpshooter thing because i obviously would have taken this one through the roof but getting that extra dex yeah uh, was was super helpful yeah so yeah i mean i think yeah definitely out of uh, attrition you definitely have me beat uh and i don't have anything useful at the moment with my crossbow expert if i switched it to a, a hand crossbow the overall d you know i think it drops down to i think a d6 i think it's a d6 the hand crossbow but then i would be able to attack three times right around so i don't know if that extra well it'd be again d6 plus four or plus 14 if i hit with sharpshooter i don't know if that's i have to figure the math out on that one but uh, right but that might be worth something to at least consider for sure since i have the crossbow expert you know like the other two aspects of it's super useful but i wonder if you know making use of that bonus action for another crossbow attack is is worth swapping it down from a d10 sure. to another d6 yeah oh so the the one other thing that i did have because i have two infusions right that i can make use of um, I, I ended up adding the mind sharpener um, to the basic armor. So I, I don't know if I had mentioned this armor class of 16 with this build and 71 hit points. Nice. Um, but I added the mind sharpener. So if I ever fail a con save to main, maintain concentration on my fairy fire, then I can use my reaction to automatically succeed instead. Yeah, that, that one's pretty decent, especially if you're, you know, grease very fire things like that that you're just trying to help with battlefield you know stuff right uh, that's that's definitely helpful for sure because and, and this has uh four charges yeah so yeah and i feel like i mean uh, t- t- if you're gonna fail four concentration checks uh in a single combat either you have terrible terrible dice <laughs> uh or terrible. you know this combat's going much longer than it should have yeah. exactly Nice. Yeah. And I wonder if uh, I lost my train of thought there for a second uh, with with that and being a marksman, like how often do you think that would be used? So four should definitely be plenty, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got to take enough damage to, you know, to fail the save. And I my, my con save is only a plus one, but you've got to actually get hit. Yeah. You've got to take enough damage and then roll badly enough to fail the save because, you know, your base is still a 10. So yeah, the the that four uses, even one use, and you're like, oh, that's a worthwhile investment. But four uses is fantastic for it. 
that's that's awesome nice yeah this is another one of those builds where i'm like oh man yeah i i wish i could play this character a little bit because <laughs> even coming up with a backstory for how in the world did you did you do a a blood hunter artificer fighter combo is is a lot of fun yeah like you, you you're hunting monsters and you know you wanted to build or you wanted to make some alchemical things but in order to make the alchemical things you needed to tinker and you know get them refined so to speak yeah i mean it definitely strikes me as a it's the the mark of making human which i'm pretty sure is one of the eberron if i remember right um but it very much strikes me as an eberron type of character sure, yeah um, you know, with with the tinkering and, you know, a little bit more like steampunky mechanical type of feel to it. Yes, your uh, your top hat has the, the sniper uh, glass. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Down. Is that? Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a mechanical arm. Classic. Yeah, maybe that's all that the uh, the Elders Cannon is, is a mechanical arm on the backpack or something like that that I carry around. A mechanical arm glued to some mechanical spider legs. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I, and yeah, I think, uh, yeah, my HP was 75 and armor class. I don't know if I went with, I think I just went with light armor uh, for this one. Just so it, the armor class is 15. That could go up. You know, it's, uh, it's a fighter. You know, it could be anything. Um, sure. But uh, I thought I was thinking, I think in terms of like stealth, uh, like if I'm sniping, I want to be able to have, you know, a little. Well, there's your bonus action. If you can help it is bonus action hide. Oh, and I guess you didn't end up going any rogue, did you? Oh, nope. You can't bonus action hide at all. But maybe the next few levels, you never know. Yeah. Because why not stack hiding and sneak attacks and so you have uh you have sharpshooter what was your other feat because you ended up saying eight levels in one yeah crossbow expert was the other oh crossbow expert that's right yeah okay yeah the sharpshooter i thought again this was that sniper vibe that i wanted to give this character yep yep uh i thought those two combined would be pretty good but you know the the eldritch ballista just uh out of the blue out of the darkness just yeah 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 i I like the fact that we both went heavy crossbow we both figured out uh non-traditional ways to get uh two attacks Uh with the heavy crossbow and we both dipped into fighter (laughs) to get the action surge (laughs) yeah uh so that that was interesting when we were comparing and we're like oh oh they're kind of super similar but at the same time really different yeah, and and i maybe ironically uh you i feel like make better use of spells than i do uh, and i'm mostly like i got a full caster even though you're yeah you're a full caster yeah and you got like barely a half caster so to speak uh, you know yeah i i've got three first level slots and that's yeah. it yeah, and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to use him for smites. <laughs> but no, I thought that was fun too. I'm like, oh, you, you're, you're actually using more spells than I am. Like, right. darkness, and that's it for me. Uh, but yeah, 
Good old concentration spells for a warlock. Yeah. If we have learned nothing else from these exercises. Yeah, concentration spells with the warlock. Yeah. I mean, and that was I did that because of the uh the advantage for range, you know, like I yeah. went something fairy fighter related, but I'm like, eh, it's also defensive. But then it was like, okay, well, how do I get darkness without using my one of two spell slots that I have? So the real question is, and maybe the, the interwebs has this answer somewhere, we should look into, because uh, one of the builds that we're working on is a, a dual concept build, something where it's like a really massive, cool combination, but it requires two characters to pull off. But I'm wondering about the darkness and fairy fire idea. If they're, if they're outlined in light for the duration and they shed dim light. I don't. Do they are they visible in darkness when nothing else is? I think darkness swallows up lower level light because it's only a first level. Okay. Hmm. But I I don't know because like I feel like it outlines the and it specifically says affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible, which is I mean I guess they're heavily obscured and not invisible, right? It's a weird overlap, but. Uh... It is. Yeah, I'll have to look into that more because that may be a useful, a useful combo down the road, too. Yeah, no, I like because it's pretty because otherwise, you know, that's always the, the downside. You have devil sight and darkness and you're the only one that can benefit from it. But if you have darkness and somebody else has cast fairy fire on that, you know, the people in that area, well, only the enemies can be seen. Yeah, I would. I would be interested in seeing a party. Like, not of just all warlocks. That's boring. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's unique. Anyway. Warlocks are one of the classes that you could pull. I, I know what you're, where you're going. Yeah, War, warlocks are one of the classes you could pull that off and not feel like there's too much overlap. Yeah, but that aside, I think it would be fun to have a party where, like, someone picks up uh, Eldritch uh, Adept, uh, someone's a blind fighter, you know, ranger or fighter or maybe paladin. Uh, you know, so everyone can actually see in magical darkness, yeah, uh, in the party, so that when someone casts darkness, it's actually just benefiting everyone, and you can just go ham as long as the enemy doesn't have blindsight or true sight, right? Yeah, I, I'm surprised that that hasn't kind of become a go to, uh, you know, party tactic before, yeah. But I feel like some knows? of my builds have been leaning towards that. And I'm like, I really got to pull back. Like, <laughs> it's a good go-to, but I, yeah. you know, got to have some variation. So, yeah. But I thought, you know, for a ranged fighter, though, or, you know, a ranged individual, that is the way to get advantage yeah. on attacks. And, and that's helpful. And and it's disadvantage on incoming attacks too, which is also helpful. So, yes, absolutely, it's a double boon. Yeah. So it's hard to hard to say no when it is a double boon there. And if it's a warlock that already one of my options can be to just see through it, and it's no problem for me. Again, it's hard to say no, but yeah. Anywho, well, cool. Yeah, I think that's it. another one in the books. Uh, yeah, until next time, have a good one. Yeah, catch you later.